Jake and Ben, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Time to talk some BYU football. Let's get out to the Smart Rain special guest line. Best of state winner Smart Rain has an incredible Black Friday offer running the entire month of November. Smart Rain is giving free controllers along with free Apple iPad to commercial properties who sign up with a paid cellular hosting subscription. Visit SmartRain.net or call 877-346-3333. Fullback tight end for BYU. He's been joining us all season long. He's our friend Mason Wake on Jake and Ben. What's going on, Mason? Nothing much. Just chilling. Hey, how does it feel? Uh, you know, you guys take it so one game at a time to finish a year with uh, with ten wins, and uh, to look back on it, what's it like? Yeah, I mean, it was a big deal to get that tenth win, and the coaches were harping on it, and just to finish out the season like we did, and uh, we stayed to it. Uh, we practiced, we've been practicing hard, lifting hard, and ultimately it, it paid off in the end. And uh, it's pretty nice to get that tenth win. I was surprised USC played as well as they did, in all honesty. I, I've watched them several times this year, but I thought they came out and looked really motivated, and you guys still found a way to find that extra gear, especially late in the fourth quarter, to uh, come back and get the win. What did that feel like? Yeah, I mean, they, they were motivated. They had two games left, and they needed two wins to, to be bowl eligible. And so we knew they'd be motivated, but, um, yeah, we just we just um, – we just came out. We had that energy. It was fun seeing all those fans um, all around the stadium. Everywhere we go, it's a home game. And, uh, yeah, it's definitely fun seeing all those fans uh, cheering us on. And, um, yeah, it was, it was cool going in there. And um, a lot of us, it was our first time playing there. And really cool um, history there. But, yeah, I mean, just the energy from both sides of the um, on the ball. And, honestly, both teams, it was just fun. It was fun to be there. All right, let's talk about the reception for 36 yards. And here's my question about it. Were you indeed looking for players to run over? Because that's what it looked like from here, that you were searching out players to run over. Was that the case? Um, I mean, honestly, I just caught the ball, and it was a little underthrown. Uh, Jaron claims that he, he, he got hit. But, um, yeah, I mean, I just caught the ball. I saw a guy in front of me, so I kind of went sideways. And, um I did. I, was, I broke that tackle, and I saw that guy coming from the side. I didn't want him to come hit me, so I went and hit him. And so, um, yeah, uh, honestly, I did kind of go hit him, but I was just looking to break more tackles. It was awesome. It was awesome. Absolutely. Well, looking at uh, l- looking at the season now, you get a little bit of time off before uh, whatever bowl game you end up going to. I guess, what, what do you look back at? What's the highlight? What's uh, What do you take away from this in your memories? Um, I'd say um, how our team um, handled adversity and, and injuries and um, how we just rallied together as a team and just played um, sound football and just we, we, we won a bunch of games the hard way and some of them were ugly, but um, yeah, we just came together as a team and um, played for Kalani and played for each other and um, in the end it was, it was pretty fun and um, yeah, that's, that's pretty much what it was. So I, at the beginning of the year, I'll be honest, I hated the, the storyline that was out there that BYU needs to somehow prove that last year was legit with this year's team. I, you know, there's so much changeover and it's different teams every year in college sports. I just, I just did not like that narrative. But now that you guys have had such a successful year, can you compare this year to last year? Do you feel more justified after the performance this year or were they really completely independent? Uh, yeah, we just we knew that we were a, we were we were the same team and that it wasn't a fluke and um, we were the only ones that um, knew that we were just as good as last year and um, last and 
having beat Utah and seeing everyone storm the field just goes to show that um, not everyone believed. But, yeah, I mean, there was just so many people that um, just thought that we were just good last year and the, the teams that we played, it was just um, that mindset of uh, – um, that that we, we would have a drop-off with all the guys that we lost. But, I mean, we just knew from inside, from with each other, with our team, we just knew that we were the same team and we were hungry and we were physical. And um, every single team we've played pretty much said that we were the most physical team they played, and that was our mindset. And, um, it just went to show how, how uh, we were winning. How difficult is it to do what Jackson McChesney did, which is to not, you know, get reps early in the game, kind of stay in, engaged, and then when USC I thought was playing probably their best football of the game, he stepped up and put that game away for you. Yeah, I mean it was just, it was kind of getting scary towards the end. Uh, Dallin Holker picked up that fumble and ran for like thirty yards, which was crucial, and then Jackson McChesney came in. Um, it just goes to show all those running backs. I think I said earlier in the year in the show that all the running backs are ready, and they we all believe in them and. Um, they just do whatever they can to stay ready. And Jackson was he was ready on the sideline. And we when he when he came in, no one had a doubt in our minds that um, he would go in and do the job. And um, he just ran hard, read the holes, and um, yeah, just staying ready. That's just kind of our mindset: is this next man up, and um, we're we're all we're all ready. Um, no, it, like no one's too scared of the moment. And definitely him. He he he. He came from Lone Peak, so he's been in some big moments. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, he—he's he, just a—he's a pretty. It was pretty cool story to see that out there, and uh, we weren't surprised to see him in the backfield. Tyler was kind of getting beat, beaten up, but yeah, I mean, we just didn't have a down our mind. Is there a moment or game that, uh, when you look back on uh, 2021, you think will stand out? Um, I say that USC game. Um, just going out there and um, being down late and having them make a comeback and having a lot of injuries and um, just the fight that we had to come back and um, finish out the game late and then having our defense get that last stop at the end. Um, we just rallied together and it was just it was just like the perfect way to end the season and um, it was a fun 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 stadium to play in and atmosphere and yeah I mean it just felt like the whole season built up to that moment and the defense came down strong and. Um, they got that stop, and then we finished it out. So you're probably three weeks out now, at the soonest, from playing your next game. Where does your attention go this weekend? You know, what do you do now that you just have a little bit of breathing room? Um, this week we chill out a little bit, uh, get away from football. Uh, we just have sort of lifts and, and runs. Um, not much practice this week. We want to get healthy. But, yeah, I mean, just to get away from football, and to miss it again, you want to do that so you're motivated and um, you're hungry to get back. But, yeah, we're all excited just to um, play that bowl game, whatever it may be. Um, I've heard a lot of rumors, but, yeah, I mean, we're just ready to play, and we're ready to play that last game. So fill us in. What are the rumors? Where Where do you think you guys are going? Um, I heard a few rumors that uh, uh, we're playing in the Shreveport Bowl against LSU, but I also heard that since we won that last game against USC that we weren't going to go to that bowl game. So, I mean, it's kind of a fun time of year having Christmas come up and then having – um, a bowl game that you don't know where you're going to go. Um, it's kind of fun just just sitting around and waiting. I think it's kind of fun, but um, yeah, I mean, uh, just, there's just a lot of rumors, but I'm not sure yet. <laughs> when you look, you know, c- kind of what's coming up now uh, over this next week with, with championship games, do you get excited about, you know, what's going on in college football or, you know, are you so entrenched in it for so long? Do you just back off? Do you stop watching? 
Um, I'm, I'm excited to watch it. It's kind of fun seeing some of the teams that we've played play in championships. And, um, obviously, there's the, the memes about us being the Pac-12 champs, but uh, it's fun seeing all those other championships and um, seeing some of the teams we've played play good. And um, just having um, some of the teams in front of us lose would be good. Um, just to increase our chances of a New Year's Six. But, I mean, that's the goal, and that was the goal from the beginning. And um, it's up in a – it's – there's a sign in our, our team room saying um, a New Year's Six Bowl is one of our goals. And um, just going out and seeing, it's kind of fun just chilling for on a Saturday and throughout the week and just watching college football and knowing that your body's not going to get banged up. But, yeah, it's just fun to enjoy it, um, just sit around and um, chill and get healthy. But, yep. How'd Thanksgiving go? It was good. Coach Clark was fun. Uh, we played a little game. It was it was really fun. It was like some horse game, but yeah, it was it was really fun. You didn't play? Was it five crowns? Is that was the game? No, nah, we didn't end up playing that. We got kind of into this horse game, but it, it ended up being pretty fun. Me and Carter, we were going at it, but we didn't have the best luck. But yeah, it was, it was really fun to be there with him and his family and some of his family that came into town. And it was fun. When are yeah. finals? Uh, they got to be coming up. It's like December fifteenth around that around that that time, but. Yeah, we didn't have stuff last week because we had the week off um, from school, and so we didn't have much. But, yeah, it's start, starting to pick up again. You might want to lock down that date. Yeah, might, yeah. <laughs> know that one. <laughs> might want to open up the old syllabus and, and check that one out. <laughs> yeah. Mason, I got a little heated in the last segment because we were talking about some of the coaching movement and some of the funny things that are tied into Lincoln Riley's new contract as he goes to USC. Do you pay attention to the coaching carousel? I mean, obviously, I know it probably hits a little close to home because there have been rumors about Kalani Sataki this year, but do you pay attention to just some of the craziness that goes on around college football? Yeah, it's crazy. And I've, I looked into Lincoln Riley's contract and some of the things that um, he gets and, like, they're buying his house and, like, he gets used to jet whenever he wants. Like, that stuff is crazy. And just to show that um, Kalani wanted to stay here, well, I think he wants to stay here. Um, it's kind of cool, and uh, we hope he gets to stay. But, yeah, it's, it's kind of crazy seeing all these coaching changes and um, just some of those programs are just about to go downhill, like Oklahoma, Lincoln Riley leave, and then a bunch of guys transfer. It's just kind of crazy to see how they can be top dogs uh, one second and then the next week. Um, they could just be totally different. But, yeah, I mean, uh, we just love Kalani. We want him to stay here, and um, we know how much other people want him. But, yeah, we want him, we want him at BYU. It's got to make you appreciate consistency a little bit, right? I mean, you do have to feel for the players that these coaches are, are seemingly, you know, it seems cold-hearted leaving behind. But, you know, deciding where you're going to play college football is such a big-time decision. That would be, you know, a huge upheaval. You've got to feel blessed. You've had, you know, some some continuity, I suppose. Yeah, and I've heard some stories of, like, the Notre Dame head coach is headed to LSU right now, and I heard he just ignored everyone's calls um, leading up to that decision. And I just think that's wrong, and uh, Kalani would never do something like that. But, I mean, they were just um, like it was a slap to the face, and he just up and left. And um, I feel like that's just not the way to do it. I mean, that's just the rumors that I heard. But, I mean, uh, yeah, we just love Kalani and um, all the other craziness going on. Uh, I hope he just stays here. You know, amazing about Brian Kelly taking the LSU job. Apparently, he called a 7 a.m. meeting for his players this morning to show up to tell them he was leaving. I have to imagine if it was me, and look, I didn't play college football of any kind. If a, my former coach told me I had to be up after the season ended at 7 a.m. to go to a meeting, I it. would never be. There would be no alarm that would even joke about going to that meeting. 
<laughs> yeah, that's, that's pretty messed up. I would be pretty mad, but um, yeah, and especially after hearing the news, I wonder if they heard first um, or if they heard from the media. That makes all the difference, honestly. Um, hearing it from a coach first and then not from the media, but yeah, that, that's pretty crazy. I don't know if I would have woken up for that. That's a great point. I hadn't even thought about that. 7 a.m. Not a chance. If not coach. You know what I call him the first time I see him? Hey, Brian. <laughs> you want me to come to a meeting, Brian, at 7? You going to pick me up? Your $15 million car, Brian? I don't think so. <laughs> I'm, with you. I would, I'm not showing up to that meeting. Uh, listen, Mason, hey, can't thank you enough for jumping on with us every week. You, you've you really been fantastic. Congratulations. Been, yeah, congr- it's been fun to get to know you and kind of see this great season through your eyes. And, and hopefully you won't mind if we bug you once, maybe before the bowl game. But uh, we, we definitely want to take a second and, and just say thanks for, uh, you know, being on it every single week and uh, so easy to work with. And, and we Let just, us know if you're down at a jazz game. Yeah, we really appreciate it. And, yeah, come to a jazz game. We'll take care of it. In fact, I'll, I'll talk to you about that off the air. Yeah, let's do it for sure. Thanks for having me. And it's been a fun year. And let's, let's talk before the bowl game. All right, buddy. Thanks, Mason. We appreciate it. All right. Thank you. That was great. That's our friend Mason Wake. Uh, yeah, absolutely. You know, it's it, he and Cole. We'll talk to Cole Fotheringham coming up tomorrow. Um, it, it's just, you know, a player perspective is not something you know, too many people uh, get the chance to experience yep. first person. And it's pretty cool to check in with these guys. And I like it that we've got two in Mason and Cole kind of blue collar kind yes. of players. Yes, normal that, dudes. Yeah, normal guys. And uh, it's just been a lot of fun. And Mason obviously has a ton of personality. I realize why I got so heated in the last segment. Okay. You want somebody <laughs> to pay off your house. I'd like to apologize to everyone who had to listen to that. Uh, I, the buying the houses at $500,000 over asking is literally just flushing money down the toilet. Right? Yes. I mean, that is saying... This isn't money that is like you can you can lie and say I think he's worth a hundred million dollars and look maybe the numbers say he is. What on earth could possibly? Why could you ever justify buying a house for a half, half again as much? I mean, hey, look, it's probably only you know it's probably a six million dollar house or a three million dollar house that they're buying five hundred thousand over asking. I just what. There's zero justification for that. That's what I think is so frustrating. Unless someone thinks they're going to go vacation in Norman, Oklahoma, some booster at USC, which nobody's going to do, I guess I just don't understand that. All right. I guess that pushed me over the table. Well, we point mentioned a Kevin bit. Graham earlier in the uh, in the show. I remember when Kevin owned multiple houses in different markets, and it was quite the strain on his life, actually. So maybe they're just trying to help uh, help uh, yeah, him move. Yeah, maybe it's impossible to sell homes right now in Norman, Oklahoma. But just say, yeah, we'll buy them for you, and we'll take care of it. We'll Buying about five hundred thousand over. Take that off your plate, no problem. But I'd like to apologize to you and to Megan for getting so heated. <laughs> you were irritated. I don't know. That might have been the first time I've seen you. You're a pretty even-keeled guy, Ben, and that was irritated, Ben. You know right what I realized? There. Easier to get angry in this chair than it is in the other chair. Because oh, you really? like have to get back to doing reads. Yeah, that's You know, true. like, you have to stay even-keeled. Like you have to do an ad-lib or something in the uh, break, and I'm like, no. I'll fly off the I can, rails. Yeah, I can go walk around the building if I have to to calm down, to cool my jets. That's how PK's made a living. Yes, exactly. That's what he does. Passion, Ben. Hey, I like it. I think you're wrong, but I like it. Yeah. Uh... Yeah, Brian Kelly calling a meeting at 7 a.m. the day after he takes a job to go somewhere else is the ultimate, ultimate, I'm going to make you sit here and watch me eat dinner and tell you how, you have to listen to me tell you how great I am. Why on earth, what type of an insane person do you have to be to think that anyone cares about you after you leave that job? 
I get that some of those kids probably love him. No, you have brought to be... him to Notre Dame. I get it. They, he gave him scholarships. I get it. He's had an influence on some of these kids' lives. No, but he's a sociopath. But I that is it. a yeah. sociopath. Yeah, I got it. He's definitely a sociopath for sure. That text message is it. You know what, Ben? Here's here's something to be suspicious of. And you're a writer. I'll, I'll be curious uh, to to hear if you agree with this. If if there's something controversial that you're trying to explain and you do it in long form fashion, yeah, you're in the wrong and spinning your wheels. Like right. you know when you you know. Hey, why didn't you? Why were you late to uh, to practice? Well, I uh, yes, you know, I got caught in traffic, right. and then uh, I uh, well, took you the see wrong what turn, happened, and well, then I got right. a flat tire, right. and then I did this and this and that. Uh, whereas, you know, if you, <laughs> you a simple explanation usually are always like, going to be the best. If, if there was a legitimate explanation, it's usually very concise. Correct. You know what I mean? If you right. go on forever and ever and ever, you're you're just trying you know to spin line. it so yes. everybody doesn't hate you. You didn't. You didn't alert your players first. They found out in the media. You know that's a bad look to start. Correct. With. You're not even in the same city. I mean, you're not going to be able to meet them. I mean, just it, the longer the explanation goes, and we just love you, and I love my players, and you guys are the best, and this and that, and couldn't have done without you. All garbage. It better not to send them a text. Just meet with them in the morning. Or don't. Or don't. Or, or just don't. Who was the coach who famously was in, in in the middle of a recruiting dinner and left? Just yes. it, like excuse. Was it Petrino? It might have been Petrino. I think it was Petrino. Yes. Excused himself to go to the bathroom and just never came back. There was a Notre Dame coach that was on a recruiting call last night who was in a kid's home recruiting him to Notre Dame and walked out and he said he called himself a some some he said I must have looked like a real jerk and real jerk is a nice very nice way of saying what he said is that he's in this kid's living room selling him on Brian Kelly's program at Notre Dame all the while he has no idea that Brian Kelly is leaving for LSU now I don't have a problem with the coaching carousel at all Go take other jobs. Go get better jobs. Go get better opportunities. It's a very difficult competitive sport. I, the goofiness of it has is, is rubbed me the wrong way clearly today. But I, I don't have a problem with the goofiness of co- the coaching carousel in general. In fact, I think the drama of college football is some of the best thing, some of the best of what its product is. Like the, the games on Saturday are yeah. great. But the drama off the field is also very fun and is a part of the reason why I think people like it so much. But yes, the 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 showmanship of it, the idea that Brian Kelly would call a meeting this morning at 7 a.m. is, is hilarious. And we actually get a tweet that says there's photos of him leaving the meeting at 7-11. So, like, he was there for 10 minutes. This wasn't, hey, guys, I bought everybody dinner. I no. bought everyone breakfast. I'm going to talk to you about how important all of you are to me. This is just to, you know, throw up the deuces and tell you I'm taking off and I'm going to LSU. And I'm going to handpick three or four of you to come with me if you want to. Yeah, um, Matt Wells... I don't think always handled everything correctly, but these this particular situation, I loved what he said back when he was dealing with some interest uh, when he was having really great success at Utah State. He admitted, he said, he said, I'll always pick up the phone. Yeah. What does it hurt Correct. To, to say that, to be like, you know what, this is the business. I'm a commodity in this business. Right. I will always pick up the phone. I came to Utah State from somewhere else. I picked up the phone. Right. You know, I I yes. appreciated that right. honesty. And then when Matt Wells leaves for Texas Tech, nobody can be like, "What? Where did that come from?" Correct. Because he just said, "Listen, I'll I'll, right. I'll pick up the phone. I'll listen." And, and Matt Wells is a very good example of why it should be okay for these guys to take jobs, right? Because he was hired 
and then he was fired unjustly. Yep. If you want to say it was unjust, you know, but like well, he got that, about ten minutes to succeed. That yeah. is the gamble you take as a coach by by moving on and taking these jobs. And I also loved when we talked to uh, to, to to Jay. Hill? Jay Hill, excuse me. Uh, we're talking to Randy Ray coming up here in about 10 minutes. But talking to Jay Hill, and he said, you know what? You also don't want to be the guy who accepts every job or, or listens to every job because that can get you in trouble because it's easy come and easy go. And I understand why both of those are, are absolutely difficult jobs so or, or difficult responsibilities to take on as a head coach. So I, I, I get it. And, and look, you get a chance to be Lincoln Riley and move from Norman, Oklahoma to Los Angeles? To go live in a six million dollar house and you know be an hour and a half from the beach and live in you know amongst the, some of the most beautiful places of the world as opposed to Norman, Oklahoma. No offense to Norman, Oklahoma, and and you get to coach at USC and you're not going to have to coach in the SEC. You get to coach in a relatively open Pac-12 right now, where I think you can get that that place back to glory pretty quickly. I, I totally get what he did. I don't think there's any knock on taking that job. I don't know if I believe that he didn't hear from them for the first time until Sunday morning. Oh, absolutely not. But did you know we were talking about Lincoln Riley on uh, on Sports Center last night, and and uh, he said one key thing. He said I hadn't talked to them. Yes, right. Which of course is correct. It's like him saying I'm not taking the LSU job. But they've been, he didn't say I'm staying at Oklahoma. Right. But yes, I didn't talk to him. But all my agents have. USC has been back channeling Lincoln Riley for months. That's correct. why they fired Clay Hilton when they did, right. so they could get a head start on the coaching carousel, which means that they've been talking to somebody who has been talking to Lincoln Riley. Yes. And I hate the dance too, and it's it yeah. has to do with uh, legal stuff, violating contracts Correct. and Correct. those sorts of things, and it's it's really stupid. It's it's the reason that the NBA, uh, you, you know, should get rid of the stupid. What do they call it? The moratorium. Yes. The time in between. Yes. Uh, opening of free agency and yes. when you. I mean, it's so dumb because they've been talking about all of this stuff for months. Right. Yeah, and if you're not doing it, you're bad at your job. Right. Like that's, that's the job. Yeah. If you're not. If you don't have a deal with Rudy Gay worked out 10 minutes after free agency starts, or Mike Conley doesn't have a contract the second free agency opens, you probably just haven't done your job very right. well. You know, And that's what the Lakers did with Russell Westbrook. I mean, DeMar DeRozan has said, yeah, they were working on the sign-in trade, and then they changed their attention to Russell Westbrook. It's like, well, they made that trade on draft night, apparently, before the moratorium opened, you know, before you could even get to that point in the deal. So, yes, everyone's tampering. I don't think there's actually a problem with it. It's, you know, it's kind of what the lay of the land requires you to do right now. But but the, the, the goofiness of it for Lincoln Riley to be like, yeah, I'd never heard from them until Sunday. It's like, I remember, uh, I remember Rajah Bell, the Jazz lost Rajah Bell to Phoenix in free agency. You remember that offseason? Yep. And uh, Rajah gave the, uh, the explanation, well, the Jazz weren't the first ones to call me. Which two things came to my mind. One, you're making a major life and career decision based on who called you first. That seems a little ridiculous to me. And two, if the Jazz actually did want to keep you, how was that deal not just wrapped up before this magical right. deadline or whatever it is? Like, how did how did the, you not know exactly what the Jazz were going to offer when they offered it before, long before? What would be the one perk you would want? Of these crazy perks that you're seeing coaches oh, private, get. private jet. You think the private jet would be, be nice, Megan? Yeah. You're in agreement. I agree. A private jet would be nice. I you go anywhere on the planet for free whenever you wanted you to. You know what? Yes, exactly. yes, please. I kind of bet if I was a head coach, the only thing I'd ever want to do is be at home. Like I don't because know. Because you're gone, so you're just much. always on the road. I, I, I hate leaving the house. 
already. I think if you're a coach and you're recruiting all the time and you're, you live on a plane, I bet you it's really nice to just be able to park away and, and hide away for a long time. But I get you want to but take you your family take places. take your family yeah. on the private jet. Baby. Okay. You know what I want? Give me the money. <laughs> the you just want the, the cash. Part. We need the dues. Uh, stay tuned. Randy Ray coming up next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.